This episode of the APA podcast is brought to you by Granicus Host Compliance. Don't let your short-term vacation rental ordinance go unenforced this summer. Now is the time to make sure your ordinances are followed with effective enforcement tools from Granicus Host Compliance. Book your short-term rental market assessment today at granicus.com. Have you ever been reading the news or scrolling through social media when you come across a story that makes you think, I have to find out more about that? I'm Megan Stromberg, Editor-in-Chief at the American Planning Association and a frequent host of this APA podcast. I had that experience recently when I came across a profile of city planner Sheree Jazar. Sheree is the new Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Coordinator at the City of Gastonia, North Carolina. We spoke recently about her position, and I think planners of all backgrounds and specializations can benefit from Sheree's insights into the DEI work she's doing, not to mention her optimism about the future of our communities. Without further ado, here's Sheree. So hello, my name is Sheree Jazar, and I am a city planner currently working for the city of Gastonia in North Carolina. I've been working as a planner for the past 18 years. I started my career in my hometown in the city of Savannah, first working in neighborhood planning and community development. I got married and moved to North Carolina and I worked in a number of different roles in planning from airport planning to transit planning, neighborhood planning, most recently in community outreach and engagement. Uh, And now I'm doing a really unique role in diversity, equity, and inclusion. It sounds like a fascinating role. Can you tell me a little bit about what that means and, and what you're doing? So in my role, I'm charged with working to instill diversity, equity, and inclusion as essential parts of the city-making process. So um, as public servants, we serve the public, citizens, business owners, visitors, and we provide a number of services to do that. Um, And so I'm taking the lead on facilitating the development of strategies and policies uh, and guidelines that advance an understanding, for one, of diversity, equity and inclusion and an action across our workforce, uh, meaning all the employees that work in the city and then also within the community. um, So we can have deep conversations about how what we're doing is meeting their needs Um, and then. Of course, we want to have tremendous growth at the city of Gastonia, and we understand that growth is unlimited when you have diverse perspectives building what that looks like. And so that's my charge. So it's an internal focus because you have to build the understanding of even what this is and why is it applicable and what we do. Uh, And then it's an external focus because you want to build that same understanding in the community and get the feedback Um, about how to retool our services and processes and policies to better meet the needs of everybody in the community. I think this is an interesting position in the first place, and I applaud the community for um, and you for focusing on this important DEI work. Um, But what I love about it is we've got a planner in this role, but you're not just working with the planning department. That's right. (laughs) which is awesome, right? Yeah. Right. And planners, we don't just work with the planning department in general, right? We work with every city department. If you're in working for a municipal government, 
Um, especially when you're doing stuff like comprehensive planning, which is re really what um, I did for this community. So I must say, this is my second time working for the city of Gastonia. I worked um, in the planning department um, in 2006 through 2012. And my primary role was being the author of the city's comprehensive plan. And I got to work across all departments, looking at our electric system, our water system, all the different systems that make up the city department and, and helping map out strategies for the future, for future growth and uh, what we want our community to look like. So I, as a planner, work for all these different departments. And now in my role, just looking at through the lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think it's a, just a transferring of skills um, in order for me to even begin that work, I got to understand how do they function, you know, who's benefiting from the services, who's not, and how do we break down barriers if they exist and, mm -hmm. and map out a plan or a strategy for each and every one of these departments to start addressing that. And it sounds like you've had um, tremendous experience as a planner, putting bringing those skills to bear on what you're working on now. Um, and I'd like to return to that in a minute, but um, can you give us an example? Like, so you're how far into this job? Um, so right now I'm like 45 days in. 45 days in. So, yes. <laughs> so what does it look like right now? And what, you know, what will it look like? Can you give us an example of some of the work? Yeah. So right now I'm in the discovery phase. I'm doing scanning and scoping and Planners do that all the time, like it's building that data, collecting it, um, understanding what the organization looks like from a diversity perspective, because that's really where you need to start, knowing mm -hmm. the characteristics of the existing workforce. You know, how many women versus how many men, those, those characteristics that you could really pull data to see and understanding how does that mirror with the community. Uh, Gastonia mm -hmm. has a population of about 77,600. Um, and of that population, 56% are white, uh, non-Hispanic or non-Latinx. And then the other is people of color, Asian, mm -hmm. African-American, uh, Hispanics, people of two or more races. So we want to know how does the community's population and uh, data look and mirror to the workforce? And if there are any discrepancies, why do they exist? So that's you know, just like the planning process. We would look at what is the community's demographics or the area's mm -hmm. demographics? What do those look like? What can they tell us about what we're trying to plan for? Um, so just doing the analysis is what I'm doing right now. And then finding ways to have conversations with the coworkers about um, one of my biggest charges is our hiring process. What does the recruitment, hiring, retention, and promotion process look like? Who's being hired? And are there any barriers? That's the equity part. Are there any barriers for us having a more diverse workforce? And then what is our environment like? Is it inclusive? Can people bring their full selves to work? Um, are we seeing an innovation in our service delivery uh, because we have diverse perspectives at the table? Um, so that's the internal part. And then on the outside, in terms of the community, building more of a understanding of why it's important for city government to even be doing this, because it's mm -hmm. not always something that 
the community feels like that makes sense, right? Why are we looking at diversity and why are we breaking down barriers? Because we want to have um, a city that works for everyone. And then finding out what the needs are of the everyone. Planners do that all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. How can we talk about affordable housing or decent housing if we don't know what the community wants in housing um, or, or transportation? So we we find out I'm going to be finding out what those needs are, what and how we can address it working with the community. That sounds really cool. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm excited. I can't I can tell. It's so obvious how excited you are. Yes, yeah. I love it. And and it's gonna be a challenge because we're dealing with it's what it seems like one crisis after another, right? Yeah. Especially with COVID. Um, planners are used to engaging with the community to get that input in a different way, not just online and not having as much limits that, that we have. Uh, and so really trying to be creative in how we do that. I'm looking down the line and how I structure that. That's the, the challenge that I face, but I'm also excited about the possibilities. Well, and you know, you're not alone in trying to figure out how to have meaningful engagements with the community during this time. And luckily at least we're, at least where you are, it's starting to warm up. So maybe that means that, you know, your options expand as well. Meet people outside, meet people where they are. Yes, yes. And, you know, I think also is people have varying priorities in their life that may not always fit with the priority that city government has. Um, And so we got to understand what they are and start there instead of what our priorities might be. We might have to shift Tell me what inspired the creation of this position. Yeah, so the city leadership, uh, the city council and mayor three years ago, along with the uh, city managers, really started to kind of look look at our organization's makeup and wondering um, what things that we can do to be more inclusive. And that was just really the top of mind for them. How can we make sure with a changing demographic, because they knew that our demographics were not what they used to be in terms of the in-migration of um, people. We grew very rapidly uh, in our city through annexation and people moving in from other areas of our our city, I mean, excuse me, our state uh, and, and our nation. And so we were having an increase in Hispanic population uh, and they wanted to make sure you know, are we properly serving everyone in the community? So they went on a journey to learn about diversity, equity, and inclusion, how that could really strengthen the work that they were doing. And then they discovered, you know what, we need a professional, we need a plan in place. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think they um, explored hiring a uh, consultant to help them do an audit and come up with a plan, but it didn't feel like it was um, gonna represent what they wanted in terms of what's best for our community. Uh, they felt like it was gonna be cookie cutter. And so they just mm-hmm. they landed on the idea, we need a professional, somebody that can take us through the planning process and come up with a plan, monitor it, make sure it gets implemented and then change it up as needed. And so that's when they advertised for this position. And were you excited to come back? Almost, <laughs> yes, I was in a different role because yeah. I, as a planner, I I, ser- I served as the membership and diversity committee chair with the North Carolina chapter of American Planning Association, APA. And in that role, my charge was really um, 
trying to increase the number of planners of color and women in the profession, right? We know that there's this, you know, there's, there's, there's a need for diversity in our profession. Mm -hmm. And so I worked for nine years doing that work. And it first started off with, you know, professional development and outreach to schools like historically black colleges and universities, introducing the profession to students of color uh, and, and women. And then it quickly, uh, uh, turned into, well, we need to really understand the historic legacy of how our communities got created and the plight of marginalized communities and, and to educate current planners of that. Uh, and so I did a lot of work in that. And so social justice has always been at the forefront of what I've been working on. And so when I saw this role in a community that I helped write the comprehensive plan for, I was like, that's perfect for me. Um, that just fits really well in my passion. Um, so, yes, I was excited. I think it's a long way to say yes. <laughs> You've had so many experiences as a planner that have really set you up um, for this position. And thank you for sort of walking us through um, everywhere that you've been. Um, I'm wondering if there's anybody who's inspired you. So um, I said my first planning job was in the city of Savannah. So at the time, um, the director of community development was Alex Ikefina. That's his name. He's currently the director of neighborhood services and development for the city of Charlottesville, Virginia. And he really took me under his wings and showed me, you know, it's really about the people. Planning is about the people and getting that engagement and feedback on the on, on the streets, right? Hitting the streets mm -hmm. and learning about the communities that you're going to impact. And Savannah um, was really there, the way of uh, approaching planning was really informed by Henry Moore. Uh, he's a former assistant city manager and has passed away now, but he, uh, it was creative and innovative at the time. It really touched me in the fact that communities have assets, right? They don't have deficits. They have assets and you have to go and discover them. And discovery is just, you know, using those basic planning processes. And then you'll discover how to create a resilient place, a place where people can thrive and have families. And so that really inspired my work, being a young planner, <laughs> planning in the, my hometown. Uh, that inspired my work. And I've taken that with me ever since. I think that's why I landed in community outreach with my previous role for the last nine years, because I'm working with people, right? And discovering what they need and what's best for building a stronger communities, right? What are some of the assets of Gastonia? So uh, Gastonia, of course, is in the Charlotte region and it, it's um, heavy in manufacturing. So it used to be a very, um, manufacturing is very, like one of the prominent industries here. Um, so it's currently going through a rebirth, right? We just built a baseball stadium. And the owner of that baseball stadium is the first uh, African-American majority owner in Major League Baseball. Uh, it's called our Fuse District, and it's going to be the catalyst of so much in our community on, a, on the side of town, which really suffered from disinvestment for a long time. Um, and so we're excited about the opportunities there. Um, we're excited about where that's going to take us and all the, the excitement around the ball field. So, um, so that's the big thing. And of course, you know, being in the Charlotte region, there's lots of people moving here from all sorts of places. And, 
you know, we don't necessarily think of Gastonia as a bedroom community for Charlotte, but it is, you know, a community where people may live and have have their house, but work in, in Charlotte. Um, so, yeah, and it's on the Piedmont of the mountains. So we have really wonderful views of, um, there's a mountain very close called Kings Mountain. Um, so mountain views here. Sounds like a great place. Yeah. With upticks in post-vaccine travel right around the corner, it's time to address short-term rentals in your community, often found on sites like Airbnb and VRBO. If you don't have a comprehensive and enforceable short-term rental ordinance in place, you could be risking damage to your community's character and missing out on tourism-related tax revenue. Granicist Host Compliance has helped over 350 communities with their short-term rental challenges, from address identification to ordinance reviews and compliance monitoring. If you'd like to learn more about the short-term rental activity in your area, ordinance best practices, or how Granicist Host Compliance can help, visit granicus.com for a free consultation. I kind of want to turn to sort of this moment in time. Um, it's been obviously a rough year for everybody and we really have put a, we've had a national focus on racial injustice and an urgency in our efforts there, not just because you mentioned COVID before and, and COVID has disproportionately affected people of color, but also, of course, everything that happened this summer with the killing of George Floyd and so many other Black Americans. And I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about sort of the moment we're in as a planning profession, sort of how that feels to you. Is it a hopeful time? Is there a lot of work to do? Is it both? I see it as hopeful, glass half full, right? Mm -hmm. Hopeful in that we are centering our work on, once again, people, right? Mm -hmm. And centering the work on people and understanding the impacts of every single decision, all the policies that have been crafted over time, how that work, how that those decisions have really impacted people. And you know, I think all the social determinants of health that are telling us that COVID, you know, has far reaching beyond just the health implications, you know, the fact that people have lost their jobs and maybe behind on mortgages and um, all the other struggles that we find ourselves in. I think that that is the time for planners to be create, super creative and reimagining how we even approach our work to look at beyond starting, like who is benefiting and who is not. And really, really, really trying our best to figure out how we break down barriers for those who will not or who have not. And the legacy that we inherited, like we cannot escape that. If you just came into a planning department, (laughs) you better know the history of the community that you're serving and what sort of... um, issues have uh, come out of land use planning, you know, the transportation planning and everything else that we do as a community. So I think we're at a a really critical time where we can recenter our work to people and then understanding the legacies, you know, of our policies on communities of color and really build them up and come up with creative ways to sort of um, restructure how we do our work to center on healing, right? That's 
that that's a big thing that we're, we're hearing now is how do we do that? And then how do we break down systems that are not working? They're just mm-hmm. not working for everyone in our community. I don't want to imply that planners don't know their own communities, but do you think that as a profession, planners are aware of sort of some of the legacies of, as you put it, the people who have benefited and the people who have not? And is that something we need to be more aware about? Oh, yes. I I, I um, was fortunate to facilitate um, a conversation at our planning conference back in 2000, and I believe this was 17, about just housing, right? And in North Carolina and bring in community uh, members from the Haytai community in Durham. And they spoke about the legacy of a highway coming in through their community and totally just economics down, housing, everything, and totally changing their community. And the planners in, in that attended the conference, this was new information to them. You know, I think sometimes we take for granted that planners know the history of everything because we got to know a little bit about a lot of different things, but we just don't. And so a part of diversity, equity and inclusion is educating ourselves, refocusing the work on saying what is the history of what has occurred in communities and how is that impacted today? Um, You cannot create a new if you don't know what has occurred in the past because uh, you might be making the same mistake or overlooking something. So I think we do take for granted that planners have that history in the same. I think that's why a lot of this training that comes out of diversity, equity, and inclusion is so rooted in educating um, one about the history of how the United States came to be, you know, the impacts of the 14th Amendment, you know, just talking about what happened in urban renewal and the impacts on communities. I think recentering this uh, understanding, you know, some planners that get a lot of technical, right? <laughs> they get a lot of technical um, training and they understand code and, mm-hmm. you know, policy development. But the history part is some sometimes not as, as uh, thorough as I think it should be. Do you have any resources that you would point planners to to help start that process of learning or to learn even more if they've already begun? Well, um, I think the greatest resource that I um, have found here in North Carolina is the Race Equity Institute. Um, They provide just really in-depth training that a planner, professional planner can take on their own um, virtually that walks a planner through um, historical context for how communities around the country have been built and the implications on people of color um, and marginalized communities. I think that's, to me, I would refer them to that. Um, There's a wonderful professor at the North Carolina, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. His name is James Johnson, Dr. James Johnson. He does research to include uh, economic development and community development, but he's a, he gives demographic information about the changing demographics of the United States and what's causing that. That gives you context to know, mm-hmm. first of all, what's going on and what's coming. Uh, he makes so many linkages between why our communities are di- diversifying in the first place and what they will look like. He talks about the browning of America and the graying of America. Um, so that's another reference. I, I think I would I would say a planner needs to go through. But 
yes, the Race Equity Institute for that one-on-one training. Um, a lot of local governments are turning to this, um, uh, turning to the Race Equity Institute in North Carolina to get that grounding, not just for professional planners, but leaders in general. Mm-hmm. That's terrific. Thank you uh, for sharing those resources. Um, we've sort of looked at the present and uh, looked at the past a little bit, and I wondered if we could transition to the future. And I'd like to know sort of how are you seeing this profession changing? Obviously, it's changed a lot. I'd like to think it's changed a lot in the last few months as people have become much more aware and have taken action on um, some longstanding issues. What do you see happening uh, in the future? Well, I think, you know, I've seen the normalization of conversations. Like there was a time that, you know, (laughs) you didn't hear some of these conversations that you may have in your social life at work. But we're learning we have to have these conversations in order for us to even begin this work. So um, I've seen that in the planning profession, us having open conversations, talking about, you know, marginalized communities and the impacts um, that our planning work has done to these communities. I've also seen um, us talking about women. Right. That's important. And the the profound challenges that are faced by women, not just challenges with not getting paid enough, right, equal pay, but also challenges with COVID and balancing work-life struggles. So, you know, it used to be like you all had to be normal. We just sort of Mm -hmm. just fit into this normal, but we're seeing where that's, that's not working. Right. And we know that (laughs) that's not working. Uh, And in order for you to bring your full self to work, we got to know who your full self is and we're able to discuss it. So I think normalizing conversations, I'm really looking at policies, right. Um, That's out of the box thinking, (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. being creative, knowing that we need to, in order for us to be creative, we have to have diverse perspectives around the table. And in Mm -hmm. some planning uh, departments that I'm aware of, they're being intentional about diversity. Like it's not Mm -hmm. a throw a net and see what we get. No, we are going to be intentional about making sure we we make space for people of color. We make space for women. We make space for people of all abilities um, to be at the table. Uh, There was, I remember... There was a time you would never see a sign language interpreter, you know, just so fluidly everywhere, right? But now that's second nature for many local governments. So I think there's it's a change to really understand what's going to make our communities resilient, um, but it's going to be slow. <laughs> that's the thing that keeps me grounded, so I don't like re- really lose hope um, that right. things will change. Um, well, I really appreciate that you talked about sort of the breadth of the people uh, that planners serve. And that's really how we started this conversation is sort of this foundation of planning, needing to focus on p- the people. Um, and, you know, of course, we've been talking about people of color and women specifically, but the the range of different people that planners serve and, and who belong to communities, of course, is much, much broader than that. So I thank you, though, for bringing that up. I mean, it's it's a really it's a really important thing to remember and, and sometimes can be hard to remember, but we have to challenge ourselves. Yes. That's, and I think if we flex that muscle enough, it'll become second nature. Right. Who's not at the table? Who should be at the table? Are we mm-hmm. representing all 
voices, all people that are in our community and our decision-making process. You know, re reframing that word stakeholder and really putting some characteristics behind it. And it'll be a long list. <laughs> but nonetheless, if you have a reference point to look to, you'll know whether or not you're missing somebody along the way. So I think that's, like you said, going back to people, but understanding people don't all, they're not homogeneous. They're not just white males or black females or black males. It's a range, right? <laughs> and you know, in the DEI world, they, they like to use the iceberg metaphor. You know, iceberg is 30% of it is above the water. 70% is below the water. The 30% above the water, if you're sailing along on the ocean, you can see that 30%. So you can see me and you can say she's a female, right? Maybe you could say I'm African-American. Uh, you see this ring, you say Oh, maybe she's married. Um, so you could see some of those characteristics, but there's some things below the iceberg that you don't necessarily see. You don't know that I'm a, a army brat. You don't know <laughs> uh, that I'm a mother of five children. You don't know necessarily where my ethnicity lies. So there's some other things and you will not know that unless you engage me in conversation, right? So we will not know that about our citizenry unless we engage them in some sort of way or the people who work in our organizations, unless we engage them in some, some way. And then we can craft our processes and our policies around the needs that they have with all those different characteristics. Well, Sheree, it's been so wonderful talking with you and thank you for engaging with us and uh, sharing with the audience what it is that you're working on, what you're thinking about. Yes, thank you. And I hope there's going to be a lot of space in this work for other planners to bring their perspectives and their talents to this work so we can really create really resilient communities. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the American Planning Association podcast. To listen to past episodes, visit planning.org slash podcast. And if you're enjoying the show, rate us on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tourism is back. Now is the time to ensure that short-term vacation rentals are following your regulations. Over 350 communities trust Granicus Host Compliance to solve their short-term rental challenges. Book your short-term rental market assessment today at granicus.com.